to misquote Sir Alex Ferguson, boxing bloody hell. First Terry Harper and then Kid Galahad, two world title upsets last night as two of our world champions were dethroned. This is After the Bell, Mirror Fighting's boxing show with me, Martin Dommen, with former world champion Barry Jones and with boxing journalist Declan Taylor. As I said, two world titles on the line last night, both now leaving the Steel City. Terry Harper stopped on her feet in the fourth round by Alicia Baumgartner in what was, to be fair, an excellent stoppage from referee Mark Lyson. And then Kiko Martinez lost four and four fifths, I counted, of the first five rounds, then dropped Kid Galahad, stopped him in the opening seconds of the sixth round with a brutal and stunning knockout. Now a two-weight world champion at the age of 35, which I think means there is hope for us all. Barry, before we come to, to Kid Galahad, let's let's take a moment to appreciate Kiko Martinez. Of course, no stranger to British Irish boxing fans, been here a lot, but until last night, always coming off second best, but not any longer. No, well, the thing about Kiko Martinez is he looks very beatable. Like when you look at when you watch him, you go, you know, he just comes, he just piles forward and swings crude punches. But there's more thought to it than that. And also those punches are so heavy. That if he, if he remotely catches you, you're in trouble. And you know, and we've seen that in, in, in fights gone past in the Frampton first fight where you know he, he had Frampton in all sorts of trouble and until Frampton finished him off. And and, and even in the world title fights against Frampton, Frampton had enough respect for him to keep on his toes, to keep moving, not to over engage with him. So, you know, but you tend to think his best days were behind him. But I think I've said that about four or five times <laughs> about Kigo Martinez. Now, I remember before the Jonathan Romero fight saying. Uh, I, I just think he's 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 hit the dip now. He's, he's on the way. He's on his way down, and then and then gets that that win and puts himself back in the mix again. And he's, well, if ever you know, they should call him the recycle man because he's just always coming back. And listen, last night you know, he was getting comprehensively beat. Like, like, he was getting systematically beat up in many ways because he's so physically tough that you can't switch off for a second. And that's all it was. It, it wasn't even that much of a mistake from Kid Galahad, to be honest. Just the sheer power and will um, and will of, of a an old and seasoned Martinez. It doesn't seem well. It's not long ago, but it seems like just yesterday, Declan, we were talking about the aftermath of his fight with Zelfa Barrett, of course, and, and then brought over for this defence. And I don't think anybody was particularly excited about it. Nobody expected much other than a a routine defence for Kid Galahad. But you know, for once, it didn't go to script. Yeah, it was a bit, he will probably be smiling a little bit because it was a bit of a robbery against Alpha Barrett, wasn't it? Everyone thought that. And he's come over and like you said there, you know, he's getting beaten up. But I thought he would turn up and get, I thought that would just go on for 12 rounds and he would get outpointed hugely, but he's so tough. Even at featherweight, he's tough. Um, but it's just, you know, you don't land, you don't lose your power. And I think he switched off a little bit, Galahad, well, he did, I think, and but it wasn't just aimless. And the thing is, is when he, since he's gone up a bit, and obviously at Super Bantam, he was a different kettle of fish, but he was always slightly small. He was never a big one, tall, you know, height-wise. So those shots, when he gets close and they come from outside of the, the vision, outside of the eye line, you just always got to be switched on from him. And he's shown him the jab, fainted the jab. It's basic stuff. You know, shown him down the middle, and then it's come around the side. And like Lee Wood said in, afterwards, he's obviously noticed that Galahad likes to parry obviously from Southport, even an orthodox prefers to parry rather than slip or step back. 
So he's there. And if his, if his parry misses, you know, if he's parrying that jab, he opens up a little hole. You know, it's just textbook stuff. Um, and it was, I mean, a sick enough for Gala, clearly, and a heartbreak for Eddie Hearn and Dazone and Matchroom, the whole show, really. But it's why we love boxing, I think. And it's weird because on one hand, last week and the weeks before, since this fight was announced, really, there was a lot of... Um, a lot of criticism, actually, because it's like, well, who wants to see this fight? Kiko Martinez is washed up. He's old. He's not, you know, he's never going to win this fight. He's a total, this is a waste of time. And it looked like one of those, not a marking time fight, but a first defense, a routine first defense, which would then open the door to big money fights further down the line. Slightly similar in the Terry Harper situation. And so in other sports, you don't get that. You don't really get that. It doesn't happen. There's no context like that in other sports. So he turns up. And he does that, and I mean, he's obviously floored him heavily at the end of the at the end of the round. And then there's an argument: should he be pulled out at that point? They're like, no, he's fine. Get him out there. And literally, the first punch does the same thing again. And that is shows you the experience because he's gone. This guy's not back with it, so that means he's going to eat this one again, just like he did when he was fresh. And it's exactly what happened. And it was just, it's just boxing in a nutshell: the drama of it, the heartbreak on one hand, that total elation on the other hand and I mean fair play to um, Kiko Martinez and afterwards they ask him are you the best Spaniard ever he's like nope well you just gotta love him you just gotta absolutely love him but, but what he is is value for many and, and you're right, yeah, I think every time you know, he's, you know, he's good to watch so you know he's game and he'll come to fights and, he, and he's a good and he's been a, a fantastic fighter but you did tend to think what you already said that this was a, you know, a good matchmaking for King Galahad because the way oh oh, I called him a stone cold killer, didn't I? Key Galahad in, in against Jazza Dickens, his focus and his concentration was just immense, and he was brilliant, and he was good last night as well. To be fair, you know he was, and you thought I thought he would stop. I I, I sort of predicted he would stop um, Martinez in seven rounds. Well, I I was a round off and a fighter off, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so yeah, I was totally wrong then. But you know, I felt that was going to be the way. I felt he was just going to systematically beat him up. You know, and, and Martinez is going to be too slow on the feet and a bit too naturally small. You know, he, you know, he boxed a super featherweight recently. He's not a man. He's not a super featherweight in a million years. You know, he's just gone. He's gone at weight with age. But and Galahad's massive for the weight. So I just thought it was going to be one of those. The way he did. But like, yeah, you just can't. You can't switch off for a second. Uh, the the right hand. It wasn't the same like delivered punch, but it reminded me a little bit of Donald Curry versus Milton McCrory. When yeah. he knocked Milton McCrory down, Milton McCrory gets up. And Donald Curry walks just walks straight over to him and went crack. There yeah. was no like little faint or, or nothing or disguise. Just walked over, sheared arrogance, and just went bam and knocked McCrory's back out. And that and that was like that. No, you can't put you can't pull Galahad out. No, he, he, he's all over the place when he gets to the corner. But it's a world title fight. You got a minute to recover, about forty seconds to recover, more or less. You've got to, for a world title fight. You've got to give it unless he's really bad. You've got to give him every opportunity to recover. Of course, and he wasn't quite right, but maybe, but he wasn't wobbling over the place. But we wouldn't have known if he recovered because he went straight out there, Martinez, and did did that, did that Donald Curry type thing, crew the shot. But I think um, Darren Back said he dropped the right hand. He, it was, it was oh, the, the, the backhand, it was the front hand that went down. He went right through the middle with that last shot, and he loops it over the top. He dipped the he stays low, dips the head, loops that shot over the top, and it went right through the middle. And he was he was hoping for the throw. It was a, like it was a showreel finish, that's for sure. Where, where does he go now? You know, mm. I, 
again, you got, well, you'll fight over here again, won't you? you know, we just got all these British veterans queuing up now to fight him. Or maybe not. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, it does make that Zelfa Barrett win. I mean, you know, he got, he got lucky on the scorecards for most people, most people's eyes, but it does make the performance look better because he had, you know, he had to keep him off and hold him off and box his way. He, you know, he, he got, he had some trouble, but then he sort of eased his way back in. And so hats off to Zelfa Barrett. So, you know, he's a big puncher still. Um, Kiko, that, that, who, sorry, that win last night was against the run of play. That, that, you have to say that. Yeah. Galahad was dominant. There was always yeah. little, little bits, little, little, as the rounds went on, I think maybe the, the fifth, fourth and the fifth, where Martinez started to get his range a little bit. There was, it, it didn't look like anything, but it was going to be a Galahad win. Maybe I would have readjusted my, my, my first opinion about him stopping Martinez. You know, I thought maybe like what you thought originally, he's got, this is going to go on points, but it looked to everybody that this was going to be, as long as he stayed focused, this was going to be a, you know, not a neat, not a comfortable win, but a massive, you know, he would have won every round. That's what it looked like. It was going to happen, to be honest. So it was against the runner play. But that doesn't matter. When you've got power, whatever your, whatever your strength is, you know, whatever your superpower is. You know, that it, it, you know, some people are beautiful boxers and can box you, not outbox you for 12 rounds. Others can't, but they can wear you down. If they can hit you, they can knock you out. And that's what Martinez has. It doesn't matter about the, about the five, and, five and a half rounds or whatever you said, Martin. You worked out mathematically. <laughs> no, but it doesn't matter about that because he has that power. So and, and yeah, and again, another world title at his age, and he came over again as an opponent. And yeah, I tell you what, like it, I, it's just weird thing with like like Eddie can get you a world title shot. He's gonna get you beat as well, doesn't he? <laughs> so, he's literally he's ruined it. He, he saved British boxing. He's ruined it at the same time. Like, he's he's like, done Mikey he, Garcia as well. What's that? He did Mikey <laughs> Garcia as well. Doesn't have to be British. You got a great reputation and a horrible one at the same time. But like you know, we lost two world, we lost two world champions on the night. Billy Joe, Callum Smith, like AJ. He's having a he's having a, he's having a great run, but also a terrible run as well. If you, whichever way you look at it, but yeah. But it's nice to see. You know, boxing is a great sport, and that's why we love it. We don't want the British fighters to get beat. You know, for patriotic. But the great thing about the sport is it's so unpredictable, and that, and that's what makes you want to watch. You mentioned the weight there, Barry, with Kid Galahad, and of course he was 0.1 over on the on the scales, and and then lost it. You were of a similar size. What does that feel like going into a fight, having had to drain yourself so much? Is is it is that a valid thing to talk about today, or is it no, sort of reaching a little bit? It's it's not. It might be an issue. I'm not. I'm sure it's an issue. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure make, making weight's hard for everyone, so it should be to an extent. But he made that choice. So if he's too big, you go to super featherweight. You know, and no, for the small guys, four pounds is a big deal. That's no, for big guys, it's not. But it's still only four pounds. So you know, he would be a big super featherweight. He wouldn't be massive, but he'd be a comfortable super featherweight kick out of So, you know, it, that, you make that choice. And, and so you can't use that as an excuse. You know, the weight drained me. Well, the weight drains everybody. Do you think Chico Martinez at 35 can make nine stone easy? No, he can't. It's hard for everyone. So we, some make, make it, some have it harder than others. They can fight time. They have the advantage of being. No, I know the IBF have that, that rule, and you can put on ten pounds. But I never used to put on ten pounds. Me, I, I put on like five, six pounds. So you know, I do. I have a disadvantage going into the ring the next night. But then I wouldn't struggle as much as my opponent most of the time to make the original weight. And that's so they're naturally bigger, and you have to weigh it up like that. And there's no excuses. 
Well, my last fight against Asi the Freak, he was 11 stone coming into the ring and I'm now stone six. You know what I mean? Like, but I never struggled to make the weight. I mean, he a mass bad the weight and he looks like, you know, like he haven't, he haven't had a piece of bread for six months. So, but, and that's the, that, that's so, you can't make excuses for making the weight. That's not, that's, that's not a valid thing. It's a weight making sport for God's sake. You know, you know, we all know what we have to do. And if you can't make the weight, you have to go up. And that's just, a, and it's horrible. You might you have to lose your title or whatever it is, but you lost your title anyway. So it's irrelevant. So, so no, it's not. But it might have contributed to, to him, but he was all boxing anyway. He, he didn't, yeah. it, it wasn't a grueling war of attrition. He didn't look like he, lost, he, he might have lost concentration for a second, but that, he could have done that if he, was, if he made the weight easy and he was like so full of energy. It, it, it happens. So no, I could have just said no, couldn't I? Can we go back? <laughs> no, it was not a factor. <laughs> I'll edit this out. Declan, <laughs> without taking anything away from Kiko, you know, we've talked about how dominant Kid Galahad was for, for almost all of the fight. Any indication, any signs of complacency that maybe it was just, listen, everyone's told me this is going to be an easy fight. I believe it's going to be an easy fight. It's been an easy fight so far, so it will be for the next six rounds. Um, I think, I don't know if he'd admit this or not, but I think, yeah, probably, because I think that, I don't think it's something you can turn on or off, really. I'm sure he would have spent the whole build-up going, it's Kiko Martinez. He's so washed. I'm so good at the moment. I'm firing. I'm the best I've ever been. There's no chance this guy can beat me. And, like, so straight away, he's going to be thinking differently to how maybe he would have been when he was approaching the Josh Warrington fight, perhaps. But, again, I'm just sort of... You just guess, don't you? But I guess there probably would have been some complacency. And then when you're outboxing someone so nicely, you know what he's like. He's slick from both stances. He can basically do it all. He's so awkward. He's not really getting hit with anything that Kiko's coming back with anyway. He's probably thinking, I am sweet here. I'm absolutely sweet. And like Barry said, it takes one, one second, one half split second, and everything changes. But that's the, that's the sport that he's in. And that I, I, I'm sure there would have been some complacency, but it doesn't really matter. And it's funny because you mentioned... Alex Ferguson then, it's like when people used to talk about Fergie time, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. The, the, a football match is that long, so that there is an opportunity to score at the end. This boxing, there's always an opportunity to chin your opponent, no matter how badly you're getting beaten or outboxed or outfought or anything. And I think when you talk about the weight, being weight-drained, if he'd been, if he'd looked horrible for three rounds and got knocked out, then yeah, but he didn't, he wasn't. Um, I know that Jim liked to take it to the wire, that that's just the way they do it, and there's a lot to be said for that, but there are some drawbacks. And, you know, I'm sure he ne he's never comfy at the weight. And as, as soon as he got would be, or if he was comfy at the weight, then Don would have dropped him down the weight 100%. So I, I'm not really sure that's a problem. I think it probably was a little bit of complacency. And it just goes on this year's featherweight reel of unbelievable upsets. And sorry, I, I was with, um, I was in Leeds on Friday night and I was with. Josh Warrington. I mm. said, when are you fighting next? And he said, I'm still waiting to hear the date now. Something's coming. Maybe something <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't expect this, did he? Maybe it might be yeah. this. And that'd yeah. be a good thing with Martinez. Well, that's, I, I mean, you could, you could make a top three upsets of the year out of featherweights in this country alone. It's mad. It's mad. And that's just the beauty of it. And that's the beauty of the sport. And Josh Warrington obviously was on the wrong end of one. I don't think there was complacency because he was boxing well. He just got caught. That's it. It's, mm. it's almost impossible to go a whole fight without, without taking a shot. And it's and it's almost impossible without going a whole fight without taking a good shot. And it might not be the shot that puts you to sleep, but we all have to take a shot and we all have to take some point of the fight, especially in a 12-round fight at that level, a good shot. 
But unfortunately, a good shot for Martinez is the shot that sort of you know, finishes you most of the time. And that's all it was. That's all it was. You, you can't... I mean, I think Martinez barely had his had his belt around his waist and then we talk about rematches as is always the case. If don't, your get kid Galahad... on, don't get Barry started on rematch clauses. <laughs> if your kid Galahad, do you want the rematch or do you want it next? Yes, yes, yes and yes. Based on how the the first half of the fight had got, like based on until that first right hand landed, he's going to go, this guy, I'm so much better than him, I'm not going to switch off this time. And I would expect him to win in the, set, in the rematch 100%. So yes, and, and your question. And based on where does he go as well? Yeah. Unless he moves up in weight, uh, no, but then I think he needs that title back to move up in weight because he has no bag at all. He, he's because he's, he's a good fighter who's not hugely marketable. Who wants to fight him? You know, yeah. do you know what I mean? You have you have to you have to do what he look what he had to do to get a featherweight title fight. He had to force his way in. You know, he had, he had to force he had to physically force his way in. To, you know, to get a title shot against Josh Wallander because whether Josh Josh wasn't scared of him, no, of course he wasn't. But it's you know it's a nightmare. It's going to be a hard, tricky fight either way. And you know, and 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 it's and it's not a fight that everyone's clamming in to see most of the time. He's been in some good fights actually recently, Galahad. But most of the time, his fights are not always great to watch because he's tricky. So yeah, he, you know, he, he needs that title back as quick as possible, or he needs something like that. But yeah, if he if he's you know, if, if weight was a factor, if he's going if he's going to use use that excuse as a factor, and he stays at featherweight, then he's full of, he's full of it to be honest. And if he's not if he's not, he moves up. But I think you know, if, he, if he can make the weight, go back. You got to fight that kid again because you were, you were boxing so well. Featherweight just a mad division though, isn't it? Because Kiko Martinez is the champion. Lee Wood is a regular champion. Josh Warrington out in the cold completely. And I was just looking at the dates. Gary Rus- Russell Jr. last defended his belt February 2020, which 20? was... That's soon. I mean, I know, but you think about that in the context of things. It's, you know, the last time he defended his belt, nobody knew what furlough meant. If you went to Sainsbury with a mask <laughs> on, people would, have, people would have thought you were robbing the place. Like, that's how long ago this geezer defended his belt. Even worse, Leo Santa Cruz, to be fair to him, he's boxed at other weights. He hasn't defended his belt, right? And he's supposed to be out in December, but I don't think there's anything in the book. He's going to fight the winner of Conlon and Wood, apparently. He hasn't defended his belt. In, Feb- in February coming, it will be three years since he defended his WBA super featherweight. Featherweight super world champ, you know, that one. The, top, the proper belt. Three years, this guy. And it's like... But then on the other hand, you've got this mad stuff going on with the other belts. It's almost like it's just turned into this hilarious division. Um, but, I mean... Hopefully, well, the, only, the only solid one is Navaretti, then really. And Navaretti is the boy, and like he is always in exciting fight. I'd love, you know, he's one of those guys you pay, you would pay to watch because whatever yeah. happens is going to be exciting. And I mean, to be fair, it's the same with Gary Russell Jr. and Leo Santa Cruz as well. But let's just worry about what's happening in front of us. And it's been the division of the year, without a shadow of a doubt. What a mad year for it! And next year, at least we're not it. talking about the heavyweights, eh? yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not talking about heavyweights. This this clear away from heavyweights. But look at next year. No, you could you, know, you could get like Wooden Conlon, and that could be Madison Square Gardens or St Paddy's Day, possibly. Like what a night that is. You know what I mean? To to crown a world champion, and it should be the world champion. Leewood should be the genuine world champion, shouldn't he? We, I think yeah. we all agree with that. He beat the guy who was a long-standing defending his, his version of the belt. Santa Cruz is no. He probably won't fight the featherweight again. He, he won't. Will he? He's not going to make featherweight again. I mean, so you can't blame you can't blame Santa Cruz for keeping hold of it. Why wouldn't you? 
but yeah, there's no no credence to his his rate his his claim for being a being that, that champion anymore. And so you have to say that Wood is, and then Wood's got a hard fight against Conor, and Jesse Dickens can get back in the mix. You know what I mean? It's just all sorts of things going on here. We could have it. There's loads of fights. There's like six good fights there next year if they, if they all get their, you know, pull their socks up and make an effort. Moving on to Terry Harper. She suffered the same fate, of course, but a, a different type of fight. Didn't really look uh, on the ball from the start, I would say. No, I think, is it Baumgartner? Is that how you pronounce yeah. the name? She was slick. She, I think that's, Harper struggled with the upper body movement. The, the the jab was coming from from the waist. She she just struggled with it completely. She got caught with a with, with what was it a good right hand I think a couple of left hooks and a right hand. You know, in a, a couple of rounds before that, and, and, and I don't think she she recovered, but it was a bit of a panic about it. To be fair, it was, and, and she I don't know what if there was something wrong with her. I, I didn't really hear the interviews or, or anything, but she wasn't great. But I think the girl that was because the girl in front of her. She she boxed really well, and caused her, and the lateral movement. Just called Harper loads of trouble, and she yeah they won the same because she was losing every round. That's the truth of it, and and the finish was was fantastic. It really was. It was a dip of the shoulder, you know, as she threw a jab, and she almost threw it before Harper threw the jab. It was like like she anticipated when the jab was coming, which is great vision and timing. So it almost looks like she throws it. If you watch it back, it looks like she she let it go before Harper threw the jab, but she's anticipated it. As soon as Harper's made a little move with the left hand, she's gone dip over with the right hand. And yeah, and, and, and you said you already said earlier earlier at the start of the show, Mark Lyson did a fantastic job. He saved it from a real heavy knockdown. Like a superhero, wasn't he? Diving in the front of the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. But yeah, I think great, I think what, what happened with Terry Harper is that was that was literally a first fight for a year to the month. And she had a bad injury. Before that, I think this was that was her fourteenth fight, I believe. Before that, she had she made her debut in, in November actually, twenty seventeen. So she'd had, what, 12, 13 fights in three years. So she'd been just ticking, not even just ticking over, yeah. but winning fights, just climbing the climbing the ranks, very young still. I remember she boxed on the undercard when Kel Brook boxed the Australian guy, you know. So she's just been busily, steadily building, building, building. And then it obviously ground to a halt when she gets injured and she's had a year out. And that performance to me looked like someone who was rusty and was just not quite there on the ball. And when she was throwing her shots, she was getting hit back. She was getting countered head wasn't quite coming off the line enough and just small things like that and it made a difference and then like you said Barry she got caught a couple of times pretty hard her earlier on and she got let off actually like I felt that Baumgardner I, at the time I thought why is she not jumping on her there was like 90 seconds left of the round I think it was a third perhaps I can't remember and it was sort of what's she doing here and obviously she just knew she had a she had a number and she wasn't going to rush it we often talk about stop, stoppages in women's boxing they don't really happen she had the opportunity to stop it earlier than she did. And then she actually got that mad stoppage. And it's just like, she didn't waste a single punch in the whole fight, Baumgartner. It was a really, really good performance. She wasn't quite an underdog in the Martinez mold, but she was definitely an underdog of the bookies and brought over as an opponent, as a defence. And she looked class. She looked really, really good. Um, and it's a, shame. it's a shame for Harper, but she's young and she'll come again. Hopefully that hand is not something that will really hold her back. Um, Horrible. You know, it's one of those stoppages. Sometimes they're the worst ones. They're the worst ones when you see people laid out on the floor because she just looks on, uh, she's on another planet. She all, and Lyson just saves her from a real a real big one, which is the, the, the real sickener. So, 
yeah, we often everyone canes referees all the time. So it's so it's so good to be able to say credit to a referee when he does something that is like a sort of reason why these men are you know professionals and why they're the ones who were trusted in the in there rather than people who watch boxing and go this guy's an idiot and why is he not stopped that and why is he not stopped he's he's that well his judgment is that good that he was there and it was it was um are you the union rep are you i am <laughs> i just you know thing is i'm the worst one for refs and judges i hammer them all the time and but when you when you do that, then you have to be able to give them give them credit when when it's due, and that you, was that was quality. Would you do that? With, would you do that with Chisora and Parker? It's a very good question, that, and I thought that myself yesterday. And but I think he would. I think he would. Yeah, maybe maybe not if there's a left left hook coming from an 18 stone man coming. But um, yeah, I mean, another hellish, just heartbreak for everyone involved. Um, unless you're Alicia Baumgartner. She was on her feet, but she was on an angle like that, wasn't she? Yeah. Like leaning forward and, stuff. and yeah, and he still just and we see it on the telly, but when you're in it, sometimes you can get lost in the action and the reactions of Lyson were fantastic. You have to give him credit for that, you really do. I'm not a union rep, so I don't get as many out of it as you do. I get course. I get paid by him. I know that. But yeah, he did a good job. This is, I think our ref they get a lot of stick, but I think they do a fantastic job in general, yeah. to be honest. And that was good. It's a shame to happen, but again. It's, it's what makes boxing great, isn't it? This girl changed, her life's changed overnight. She might not be a, a millionaire, nothing like that, but she's going to be a world champion now for the rest of her living days. And that, you know, and in great fashion. She got away from home. You know, in, in, in her mind, in that, in, that woman, in that woman's backyard in the UK, they were on a big show and, and outboxed her and ended with a perfect shot to stop her. I think I think there's a different different answer to the question that you asked us about Kiko and and Galahad. Oh, Are you because it was coming, wasn't it? Are you got? Would she go back straight back for the rematch? I think this is a, a this is an instance where if I was if I was Steffi Ball, I would be like, let's not bother with that just yet. I would have a rebuild elsewhere myself because she's very young, and that was a beat down from not from start to finish, but for the large swathes of the fight, I would rebuild in a different fashion, and she can always come again, particularly. As a woman who sells tickets, it's not like men's where there's no opportunity. She will always get opportunities for belts and all sorts of stuff. She can go up and down, who knows? But I wouldn't go straight back for that one. No, I sort of agree because usually you'd say once you box at world level, to go back down is a risk because you go back down and something happens there, then you're there. You're never going back. You're mm. very unless you're a real marketable fighter, and not ticket seller. I mean TV marketable. You never go back into that again. So there's a risk, but I think with women's boxing right now, it was it's much better, of course. But there's still quicker routes to a world title because it's not they haven't got the as many fighters. There's there's, there's not strength in depth anymore. Though the, the good ones are good, as we seen on Saturday night. But I'm not sure she beat that girl, to be honest. No. But yeah, so I would yeah you're right. I would I would sort of like have a I think she could afford to have a have a rethink a little time off and yeah and, and have a couple of one or two. Warm up type of fights before she goes back. She's twenty five. Twenty five. She could do ten. She could do ten more years. You know. But if she gets beaten again and gets knocked out again, it's a hard. It's a real tough road back. So yeah, sure. I wouldn't. Interesting one though. Psychologically, it must be difficult. I mean, you talked about Kid Galahad. It's it's well, two shots, but one that finished it. So he can. It's very. It's very simple. If you like, that's what happened. I was winning. Blah blah. blah. But with Terry Harper, it's just it must be more difficult to kind of comprehend what went wrong, apart from her not being as good as as Baumgartner. But it's just 
I, I imagine it'd be more difficult to process a defeat like that than just a one punch knockout. Well, I'm the perfect man to talk about because I've been all boxed and beat up in the same fight. <laughs> no, but it's, I, I was, and 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 but while you're in the fight, you can't understand why. Because if you're meant to be the better boxer or the boxer or the puncher, whatever whatever your role is in that in that in that fight, and you can make that work for you, you can understand why. Or he or she does it better than you, or they can take it, or they, or you know, then that that's an issue. And I've been there, and you, it's it's a it's a worry. Why am I? Why is he faster than me? Why is he hitting me? Why is his jab better than mine? You know, all of a sudden, no, I'm the one who's. Why, why is his feet? Why, is his, why can't I get away from him? You know, why can't, why, all these things that you're good at doing against other people don't work against this person, and you can't understand why. And then when you get beat, you haven't got an answer to it. You've got to watch it. That's the worst thing. You have to watch yourself. You know, people say, a lot of people say in boxing, I don't watch the fight. I don't want, you know, I don't really watch to analyze myself. That's my trainer's job. And I understand that. But when it's a defeat, you have to see it for yourself. To understand it, to accept it, if anything, and that's why. I watched him just went, that's why he was too good for me in every quarter. And it was horrible, but I had to accept that and you move on. Well, I retired, so I didn't move on. Actually, I'm the worst person to ask. But <laughs> no, I think I think that's it for her. She has to watch it and realize either no, she didn't do anything wrong, and that girl was just too good for her on the night, or there was things she should have done and, and they all they worked out in the camp. But yeah, it's a, that's worse than the only thing with the Galahad when it's it's you might lose confidence in your chin. Oh, you know, because you've been hurt. You've been like, knocked out cold, by the way. That's what it was. It said TKO. I don't know where that came from. I I read on box like TKO. It's a, it's a clear KO, isn't it? And and so I just think that's my that, that can have a lasting a ghost effect on you because you've been knocked out cold. So when, when you get hit with a big shot, you might panic. I don't know. But the fact that he was boxing so well, you can you can you can brush it off as listen, I just got caught with a good shot, that's boxing. I feel like I feel like Galahad, we've we've seen, if not the best of him, we've seen something approaching the best version of Galahad that we'll sort of ever see. With Terry Harper, we're nowhere near the best Terry Harper that we'll see. So it's not rip everything up and go, it's just year out, just young. It's a bit like we had this conversation with Joshua and Usyk, didn't we? It's like what would you rather what would you rather happen? You get knocked out or, or stopped by Andy Ruiz in this stunning fashion out of nowhere, or you get totally outclassed by Alexander Usyk. It's probably the outclassing that's the hardest one to take. It's the hardest one to rebuild from. But I got, I think, I think she has so, she's nowhere near her peak, not even close to it. And this is the problem from, this is what happens in women's boxing. The context of it is that you get these world title shots and you're a champion before you know it, really. It's like straight away there. Some people can handle that. Savannah Marshall, what was she, eight? She got world title in eight fights or something like that. I can't remember really. But and then you're a world champion. Shannon Courtney, the same. You're world champion. It's like, well, then where do you go from there? But the reality is, they're not world. They're not elite. They're not the best in the division necessarily. But it's just they've got the belt usually via these opportunities with the zone and everything else. So I think she rebuilds. I think it's the sort of fight that she could win again in the future, but not next. Yeah, and also being women's, but they they haven't got the even as an amateur. The more now to fight different styles and stuff like that. There's not enough fights going on, so you know, they really, you know that's the style she hasn't come up against before. So yeah, and it might just be that she couldn't adjust in, in time. But maybe maybe next time she can. But I I think that girl might have a number. But Terry's still a good fighter, and that I think that is. So I think she can come again. Whether it's the same fighter she fights or someone else, but I think she can come again. But I, I agree with Declan. The original point was yeah, I think she can take a take a couple of more fights and she'll be fine. 
Elsewhere on the card, Chris Bill and Smith is still the European cruiserweight. Never uh, in a dull fight, champ. that guy. Never yeah. in a dull fight. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, I think I saw on Twitter you, you were impressed that Dante Dixon moved to yeah, five minutes. Jordan McCrory, I've seen him a few times. I'll give give give, give a couple of kids a real good test. You know, he always comes second best against the quality fighters, but in, in the UK, but he gives him a test. And but Dante Dixon so early in his career. To fight him, and you can see him. McCrory has a real good crack. He has a goal, but the way Dixon just never, never panicked under any sort of pressure he was under. It was nice and calm. We got caught with a few shots, which it's not too bad in your career to see a guy kid take a few shots and how he reacts to it. And he always kept his focus. He's, you know, his variety is good. His footwork's good. I think we got a little future star there. This time will tell. You never know, but everything points to him being a pretty good fighter. Well, another pretty good fighter. Well, two, I guess. Terence Crawford and Sean Porter in action next weekend. One of us is having a weekend off. It's not me and it's not Barry. So <laughs> we will be back in some way, shape. I know another Declan who really knows his boxing. Don't get him in. He's good brilliant. point. He's I know the same one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I was just gonna say what's the what's the pick there? Is anyone picking the upset there? We've had a year of upsets, anyone picking the upset in that fight? No. Can I just say something? Go on. I'm still the best baddie from the Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, regain my regain my throat. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> well, <laughs> that might be the perfect place to end. Thank you all for joining us. Until next time, do take care.